Welcome to Hannah's Heart. So Hannah, she's just one of the women who did struggle with infertility in the Bible. No matter who we are, we can be inspired by the fact that Hannah took her pain to God and God heard her and was with her. So when she was praying at the temple, she had been weeping and not eating and her lips were moving, but her eyes were closed and the priest was like, why are you drunk at the temple? Because <laughs> yeah. it can become an obsession when you want Wanting a child so deeply. And desiring that baby and to be a mama. Every holiday, every Mother's Day. This is not a show that's going to promise you a certain outcome. But this is a show that says, however God answers your cry, we know that He's enough. Hey again, this is Anne, and normally here Kendra, but she is still out with baby girl at the time of this recording. She is getting ready to welcome her sweet girl into this world. So be praying for her as when you're hearing this, baby girl is here and happy. But um, y'all just be praying for her and Eric as they are getting used to being new parents. Um, So I have on Will again. Hello. Good to be here again. <laughs> um, and we are continuing the story um, with um, Matt and Andrea Powell, our pastor from First Baptist Tupelo. Um, please don't listen to this episode without listening to the other two. There's part one and two that are posted for you to go listen to to catch up on where we're at. We... Um, we're kind of just going to jump into the story today to make sure we have time to cover um, what we need to cover. But I do want to start this episode out with a verse from Job because I can't tell you about another family that makes me think of this story more about the Job verse that talks about the Lord gives and takes away, but still blessed be the name of the Lord because I feel like this family has done that, has blessed his name. Um, in so many different situations. So if you want to know what I'm talking about, um, go live, listen to part one and part two. So Matt and Andrea, thank y'all for yes. <laughs> sticking with us on <laughs> Hannah's heart to thank finish you out your story. Um, so last episode, we talked about now how y'all have moved to Tupelo, Mississippi, and that is how we met you guys. Yes. Um, and you now have... We've talked about your miscarriages. We've talked about your four babies here on earth now, right? That's right. Because we got to Ansley that you're pregnant with. Yes. You were pregnant with on the last episode that we talked about. That's right. Um, And we talked about how Judah had some heart complications when he was born and how um, y'all were taking care of those at the time. Absolutely. So if y'all want to just start out by just telling us where we're at. Okay, so uh, yes, again, we had moved to Tupelo. Judah had uh, turned two right after that. And then a month later, we found out we were expecting Ainsley. Okay. And her. So, uh, but as far as Judah, those first three and a half years, once we got past the open heart surgery, I mean, were just magical. We were talking, he was such a fun little boy, all boy, just loved everything superhero, outdoors, being with his daddy. But loved his and mama. His sisters, <laughs> oh, like, and, don't want to minimize yes, that. He was definitely not the center that. of their attention. They, and adored, they him. adored him. And he had a little saying that boys take care of girls, mm, and so he I was all that. about, um, <laughs> all about him. In fact, when we found out we were pregnant with Ainsley, I was a little unsure, especially finding out she was a girl. I was like, oh, I wonder how he's going to do with her. You know, he's been the baby for you know so long, and um, I'm telling you, the second they brought. 
Judah into the room to meet Ainsley. I mean, he walked right over to her. He laid down his little head next to her ear, and he said, I love you, oh. Ains, and kissed her. Oh, my oh. goodness. So it was love at first sight oh for him. He goodness. took the role of big brother very seriously. Wow. A special, special little blessing. Um, we tell Ainsley that she yeah. got her nickname from her big brother. So, um, I guess just um, jump into January. Uh, sure. Um, so, January 26th, 2018. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a st- strange day of providences, really. Um, something had happened on the 25th. The power went out in our home, but in a very unusual way. Like, half of the stuff in our home was working, mm-hmm. and then the other half wasn't. And it was, like, really strange. Like, a few things would work in this room, but not in that room. And so it turns out that... Um, it's not like just something wrong with the house, like a circuit breaker needs to be flipped or something like that. A supply line had vibrated loose under our driveway. And I think our home was built in 2004. So, you know, at that point, that's 14 years. And it just decided that day, you know, to go out. And uh, so we had to have somebody come and work on our house on the 26th. And Tong Big, the Tong Big B, uh Power Association sent a crew out there. And the reason I share that is because that caused me to be at home. Mm. I was not supposed to be at home that day. But because that happened, I was at home. And we were we were together with him on the last day of his life. Mm-hmm. And it was a good day. It was it was a good day. He was fascinated by all the trucks and you know the the guys that the came workers. out there mm-hmm. and the the workers and got to meet them. We still remember the man that he came and worked at our house. A guy named Ricky Edwards lives here in Tupelo, and just it was just a magical day. Right. And at the end of the day, I was trying to be cheap. And there were two <laughs> crepe myrtle trees that we hated in our yard because they were too close to the house. And I was, they had the excavator there because they had to dig up our driveway right. to fix this. And I was like, hey. <laughs> while you're uh, here. While you're here, you know, the, yeah, what about those yeah. crepe myrtles over there? And, and the guy said, uh, well, I'll only, I only do that kind of work for Mississippi State fans. Oh. He said, are, are you a Mississippi State fan? I said, mm-hmm. I am today. I am today. <laughs> <laughs> and so he does that work. And so I'm standing out there and they pack up and leave. And so I'm still in the yard because they've just done this. And I'm standing next to my next door neighbor and we're talking about Judah. And 30 seconds, 30 seconds before Judah dies, my neighbor is telling me, looking at Judah, he says, you know, when my... When my brother was his age, he passed away just real suddenly. Wow. 30 seconds later, Judah dies. Such a bizarre. And the way Judah died, there was no accident. There was no, he was sick. He literally laid down on our front porch like a little precious moments doll, like even putting, folding his hands and laying on him and died. It happened that fast. And my neighbor, Ricky Jackson, he, he says, well, look at Judah. What's he doing? I'm I'm 30 feet from him. And I said, oh, I don't know. And I, I said, Judah. I was thinking, gosh, did, did he just get tired and, he, you know, fall asleep? And I said, Judah, Judah, no response. And then I rush over and I turn him over and there is a, it was not a gasp for air because 
he was already unconscious. I don't know what it was. I don't know how to explain it. But it was some kind of gasp. And his eyes were rolled back in his head, and I panicked. And I just started yelling for Andrea. Andrea, Andrea, Andrea. Had no idea what had just happened. And didn't know, was he was he choking? Was it so? Andrea comes, she starts performing CPR. Um, it's one of those times you hear your name, and it's so different. Mm-hmm. That you know mm-hmm. something is very, very mm-hmm. wrong. I've, I've got my 10-month-old on my, sh- I'm on my hip inside the kitchen. And, you know, I just set her down on the floor, and I go to the front porch, and I see him there, and you know something's not right, you know. And the crazy thing about it, though, at that moment, I did not even think, like, a heart or something like that, that he could be suffering from any type of heart issue <laughs> because is, for us, it'd yeah. been, he'd been fixed. Like, right, he's going to live for, fixed. you know, until he's 90 kind of thing. So, like, I'm a Lord of the Rings fan, and, like, there's this character named Gandalf, and he returns from the dead, and he has to deal with a difficulty, and he, he – talks about it he says listen i have not passed through fire water and death to to be put off by this it was like we have come through fire we are this is not going to happen it's it's going to be okay so we yeah we jump in the car jump in my car truck immediately and just fly to the hospital i've never driven like that before in my life right so I'm in the um, back yeah, with him and performing CPR. Matt's driving and I'm trying to do CPR yeah. and yeah, I, mean, I can remember like in the middle of it, like calling out to God, like, don't take my baby. Don't take him. Like you, you gave us this miracle baby. Like, don't take my baby. I cannot, I can't bury him. And, you know, Matt's going as fast as he can. And there is a, a, a place here in Tupelo. There's a, a stop sign that, um, I actually can't drive that way ever. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I, I knew at that point that Lawndale he was not okay. Yeah. Right uh, so just, um, and, uh, you know, we pull up to the hospital and, like, I'm kind of giving instruction as we're going because it's that mama teacher trying to figure out adrenaline rush what to do. And I'm like, I'm going to keep doing CPR. You go in and get him. And then I, it's like I can't even I, I can't even do it anymore. And I, I just run inside with him. And, and normally just, they stop you You know, they the stop you at the door. Like, but I'm just, you know, metal detector stuff right. like that. And no, we can get it as he's not breathing. He's, he's not, not breathing. breathing. He's not and breathing. They and they rush uh, right to us. Running. Jessica is one of the nurses there, and she grabs him up from me, and we go running down the hall, you know, and I'm still yelling, he's not breathing, he's not breathing. And really at that point, like, I don't think that I thought we were going to walk out of those doors that night. Like, I, I, I figured it was going to be... They were going to take care of him, and we would be maybe something there bad to, would happen. But they're they're going to they're going right, to they're right. going to bring him back, you know. And so we were sitting there in this room, and there's a divider, so we can't watch, you know, what's going on in here. But we're sitting there, and there's a nurse that comes and sits with me. Her name was Brittany. sits with us, you know, and she's keeping us like. Um, up to date on every little thing that they're doing. Okay, we're trying this now. We're trying this. And, you know, you can hear in the background, like, you know. All the sounds. All the sounds. All the sounds and all the things. And so one of those moments, again, that it's like the world just goes dark around you and you feel like you're in some kind of (laughs) just, like, 
movie, alter reality. Something. Yeah, this isn't happening. This like, can th- this not is, this be is, this, There's happening. no way this is happening. Right. But it is. And there's some sense of safety and hope in being in the hospital because yeah. it's like, well, they fixed him before. I don't right. really know why we're here. Like, I don't understand what's just happened in the last 10 minutes of our life, but we're at the place that can fix him. Right. I mean, from when he laid down and we got to the hospital, had to have been eight minutes. Yeah. It was wow. so It's just so fast. fast. You know, and I, I was doing CPR, so it's like, I, you know, you just, you think things are going to be okay. And I guess about an hour of them working on him, the doctor comes over and gets our hands and says, you know, we've done everything we can do. Like, are you okay with us stopping? They're still working on him at that time. Are you okay stopping? And I don't really know how to communicate Mm -hmm. what kind of question the, the feelings and the thoughts that come with a question presented to you like that. Are, are you okay for us to stop? In essence, are you? Are we done here? Right. It's giving us the opportunity to choose that. And there was so much trying that brought him into the world. And it's right. like, are, are, are you okay if we stop trying? Now? And it's it, it, has, it had to be asked. Right. It was time right. to stop. It was. It, it, it was time to stop. It, it had to be asked. Uh, but it was so, uh, I think I said. I think, yeah, yes. you were the one that said, yeah. And I just held her. I knew I had to say yes. Right. And I did not want to. I knew I had to say yes, though. And I remember the first thing she said was just, blood of Jesus, buddy. Yeah, we walked around where we could actually see him there, you know, and they're still working on him. And they say, you know, do you want to want to hold his hand? And um, I don't know why it is that mamas are the ones that are placed in the front. I mean, Judah is very much our baby, but they, you know, I was standing right there holding his hand and Matt standing right behind me holding me. And um, I did. I, I just told him, it's okay, buddy, you can you can go on. And be with Jesus, and um, you know, and then they stop, and the room gets very quiet. The room goes they give from you time to grieve, and something did happen though. There was a very uh, poignant moment for us. His cardiologist, yes, again we mentioned in the previous episode. Mm-hmm. We can remember all of our doctors. This is a man near and dear to us, Doctor Franco. Say, um, he was in Oxford, and. I can't remember the circumstances he was in Oxford for, but it's about 45 minutes to an hour if you're booking it to get here from Oxford. And he left Oxford to rush to the ER. And I remember we were told by the doctor at the ER, specialists don't do that when they're not on call. Um, And this baby means a lot to him. And anyway, Dr. Rosay, his cardiologist got there probably 10 minutes after, after he woke well, not well, well after, after they we, had stopped yeah after we yeah. and he came in to that room and just held us and just wept, wept over us, us. Mm-hmm. Prayed. and then prayed and wept some more and wept some more and i will never i will never forget that right. um 
that was oh such a such a bad day. What's a bad day? And the cruelest thing about about excuse me, the cruelest thing about bad days is that happened on Friday, and Saturday came. Mm-hmm. Then Sunday came. Right. Then Monday it just came. Kept going. It you, it, it is a bad day, but it lasted twenty four hours and was over, just like every other day of my life. And but it was kind of like in our minds, Judah got caught on that day, and now we're getting further and further and further from him. Right. And life that, is at a standstill uh, and is moving forward. It's like this conundrum. How and do you- so many people. There were hundred plus people that came to the ER and was standing in the waiting room. And I have a really strange memory. I remember after like three hours being in the hospital, going out to get something out of my car, and my truck was still sitting at the door with its front door open, still running. And it was like reliving. I guess nobody realized that, oh, that's Matt's truck. And... It just sat there in front of the door for like three hours running. And it was just this sad, like, time froze. Yeah, time froze. And this yeah, terrible right. thing happened. Right. And then now here we are. And what in the world what have we just stepped in into? Right. Because right. last time you were in the truck, you still had hope that. Yeah. That's right. That, and then right. so I had to move my truck. And then and then because of the bringing him there, it was still clear uh, that Judah had been in the truck, you know, mm. and I had to go park that and then going back into the ER and it was just awful. Right. It is awful. Yeah. It is. Yeah. I still, uh, I just remember hearing that night and I can still tell you where I was when I heard mm-hmm. that night, what, what's friend's house we were at. And just even, we just stopped and, you know, we were very removed from the situation, but we just we were eating supper at our friend's house when we got the call, and we just immediately started praying. Yeah. And it was, almost, it was like, no, Judah, right. he's three and a half years old. Right. No. He's healthy. Yeah. Right. Not, not Matt and Andrea, you know. Right. Uh, so I, I'm, I, I just can't imagine being in that situation at all. Right. Um, that... Day, y'all have some really sweet, really interesting stories that Judah had even said right. um, that y'all have gotten to hear about. Do you mind sharing oh, those? Not at all. The, like, and by the way, God's providence. Mm-hmm. Um, so the night before he died, the, so in the middle of the night, so it had been early morning hours of, of the, the 26th, 26. and he died around 6 o'clock. That night. Um, that night. So in the early morning hours of like 1 or 2 a.m., that's when the power had gone out apparently. And But on the 25th, he got really scared. Or not, I don't, scared is not the right word, just startled. And he pulled up his blinds and said, there's a there's a light outside. There's this just bright, bright light. There's, there's someone at my window. And uh, he said, I, can I come and... You know, well, he didn't articulate it like that because he's three and a half. But he's like, Dad, there's somebody at my window. So I go in there and I'm, I realize that this three and a half year old boy is pulled up the blinds, the blinds, like heavy blinds. And I was like, well, gosh. And he keeps telling me what he's seen out there. And, mm. and I just said, hey, you know what? I do what, uh, you know, 
we never ever ever at that point never right. did because when you have as many kids as we do you gotta have boundaries uh <laughs> kids do not sleep in the bed with mom and dad right um but for whatever reason i said buddy you want to sleep in here with us and he came and night. slept there with us that right. night so the night before because this thing of light, whatever it was, I, I, I don't, I, I wish I would have asked him like, well, tell me about what you saw. <laughs> I just remember him saying, there's lights out there, dad, there's lights out there. Well, so that morning, Friday morning, we went and dropped him off at our church day school and he got there very early. They, um, I think you even got him there before <clears throat> drop off right. because I had to rush back to meet with Tom Bigby. <laughs> so I, I drop him off. And when they get there early, they had to, at that time, sit in the hallway and the teachers would watch him. And a dear friend of ours who's a member of the, our, our church we go to is named Holly Burks. And Holly told us the story three days after Judah died. Judah died. Okay. But Judah was sitting in the hall and he was all by himself. And he started talking to someone right in front of him as if someone were there and looking up as if he was talking like they were an adult standing in front of him. And then he kept laughing and interacting like he would talk and then it would be like she said he would wait for a response and then he would talk some more. And Holly's watching this whole thing and of course she runs a day school. Uh, you know, she's there as a part of that. So, you know, she sees craziness all day long. But, <laughs> you know, so she sees that and she's like, look at Judah, and she tells her co-worker, what, what is that little boy doing? And uh, so she goes down to see what he is doing, and she asks him about it, like, what are you seeing? And he kept pointing up and talking. She couldn't understand. She said, she said it was like he was talking to someone who was there, and she said, I thought he just must have an imaginary friend. Yeah. But she said he kept laughing, and as I carried him away, he, he just kept laughing. Right. And... Um, Another thing that uh, is a kindness even from the Lord, and it, it's going to sound a little silly, but um, donuts are a big deal at my house. And uh, Judah Amen. always called them go-nuts. And so I had told him that Saturday morning, that was our donut day. And so um, Friday, of course, was the day that he passed away. And we had been talking in the car that morning on the way to day school, like, hey, tomorrow morning, Saturday, mm. we get to go get go-nuts. And um, <laughs> I come to find out after Judah died that um, – I was I had been sad about the fact that we didn't get to do our normal, you know, Saturday tradition and um I come to find out that a little boy in Judah's day school class had a birthday on that or sometime that week and so on Friday morning his mom had brought little donuts from our favorite local place Scarlet's. And so it sounds a little silly but it was just like one more thing like the oh. world was like he didn't miss his donuts. He, he did. He, got, he, he, got he even got his little donuts on the day that he that if, he died. Uh, if I may, I uh, man, just hearing y'all walk through it, and I've heard y'all tell parts of the story, man. For for everybody, I know y'all are gonna say I don't have to say this, uh, but uh, it's really meant a lot to me uh, to watch y'all ever since then because something that people say is more is caught than taught. And uh, Brother Matt, don't get me wrong, you teach a lot on Sundays, <laughs> and we, I do we learn a lot. Uh, but to see y'all's genuineness and authenticity ever since then um, has really meant a lot to me. 
because uh, you never tried to act like everything was okay. Mm-mm. You never tried to put that persona off, uh, which we, for some reason, think we have to do. That's well, um, as pastors and a pastor's yeah. wife, you yeah. have expectations. You think to. you have to, but but you didn't because because you are just our friends. You are just another believer That's walking right. through life with all of us, and and I, I'm sure I speak for. I know, Our whole but, church. <laughs> yeah. Um, that we sure appreciate that. Um, and man, sure love you for it. Uh, so, man, thank you. Because, man, it my emotions are running, yeah. <laughs> running well, high. Uh, I'm sure just like anybody's listening. So, Well, any good in our life we can't take credit for right. because God has just carried us through all of those oh, things. That's right. When Judah died, I, I talked in the previous episodes about when the miscarriages happened, I blame myself. But when Judah died, I really thought, uh, I'm being punished. It has to be. And uh, I, I've done something wrong. Um, I'm being punished for my sins. And again, I don't believe that. And uh, uh, and if, if I had time, I would I could help you from Scripture understand why that's not true. But I'm telling you how I felt. And... Um, my last experience with Judah was either in my mind or in a vision. I don't know. It's hard for me to process it. But it was just the night before he was buried. Um, I had a vision of his face, and I saw him, and I was awake. And I looked at him, and I started apologizing for everything I'd done. For like, I'm sorry, I'm not a better dad. I'm sorry this happened. And it felt like. He touched my face, and his mouth never moved, but he looked at me and he said, Oh, Dad, it's okay. And he said, Don't worry about all that stuff. We don't remember that up here anyway. Mm. Thank you for listening to Hannah's Heart.